everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Shelf Life, a brand new podcast from James White and Zach, the most famous people in the entire world, about board games that we love and love to play. My name is James. I'm Zach. Oh man, a new podcast means new introductions. This is I'm, I'm Wyatt. And some of you might be listening to our voices for the second time, or multiple times before that (laughs) um from you may have heard us from a podcast about star wars destiny called the dice of failure it was very fun it was a very fun game it was a very fun podcast um and it's now going to continue on through shelf life why because destiny is dead it's destiny and we decided (laughs) that we wanted a podcast with better geez what's the word it has has to have a longer uh uh, it's like shelf life. Oh, oh, it's a shelf life. Nice. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thanks. I don't know but, why I forgot that. That's embarrassing. Um, but yeah, so well, in the event that you're listening to this first episode because you have ever listened to the Dice of Failure, or you know us in real life, or you're our parents, the surviving parents at least, <laughs> uh, and we told you to listen to this, uh, what we're doing here is we really like Star Wars Destiny, but it does have an end date somewhere in the future and we realized that we wanted to keep making things together uh which includes this podcast and it could include videos or a video like recording of a game online or like a live game in person we don't know yet but we wanted to keep going while also recognizing that the things we love end uh, <laughs> and so this is the the shelf life podcast where we discuss the play the game we're playing right now uh for as long as it still is worth it <laughs> Well, and, and jokes on you. My mom has never listened to us. But uh, the other reason we chose shelf life was because we're all very shelfish people. Oh. And uh, <laughs> gross. Um, yeah. So if our our new audience, probably the people who have tuned into this episode, are those who are into Gloomhaven adjacent product. Why? Because we are talking about Frosthaven, which just launched on Kickstarter, which is going to be the focus of this episode one. And, you know, Frosthaven and Gloomhaven adjacent product is going to be the focus for several of our episodes. Probably, I don't, I don't want to go so far as to say the majority or anything, but a, a lot of our episodes throughout this next year, uh, because there's just such a great schedule for it. We had the Frosthaven Kickstarter, which just launched a couple days ago. We have uh, Jaws of the Lion, which is the Gloomhaven spinoff game coming out in the summer. There's going to be Gloomhaven Digital coming out on Steam, and then next March is Frosthaven, the full release. So you'll see our episodes denoted as such when it's going to be Shelf Life, name of the game, episode X. So you'll see us there. If you want to hear about whatever game we're talking about, you'll see it right in the title, and you're like, oh, I don't care about that episode. Maybe listen anyway. We love you. But, you know, if you don't want to, no hard feelings. Hey, we don't know them yet. We can't just say we love... Yeah, we love you. We absolutely love you. My bad. We love easily. Um yeah, so if you're feeling a little down or maybe a little cold, then uh, a lot of these topics are going to really, really fit for you. Um, we do want to put one disclaimer out, um, and that is that we are a PG-13 podcast. And so specifically, James gets to have one F-bomb per episode. <laughs> for the most part, we're going to try and be real... Uh, pretty clean, make it so that the whole family can listen to us. Uh, just just throwing it out there. Some of us have self-control, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> others are James. Others are For everything James. else, there's a little bit of leeway. Um, yeah, so and it's, the onus will be on me to edit out, edit out all, any extra F-bombs I do because I am the editor of this podcast, so I bring it upon myself. 
I do argue that, you know, a lot of PG-13s can get away with two, so, you know, but they won't. They Turns out the Martian got away with two, uh, which I thought was crazy. Yeah, the Martian, the yeah. social network, recently Knives Out got, got away with two. It's common if you use them in different contexts. Before we drown you all in too many podcasts, James also does movie podcasts, which is part of where all these quick references come from. Uh, so, yeah, again, like we've already talked about, uh, we're already here. We're going to be chatting about specifically um, Frosthaven right now, and we're excited to essentially go through why we picked Frosthaven and Gloomhaven. Uh, we enjoyed that game before, but we should probably talk about that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what is new to Frosthaven that makes us excited for it, what do we learn in the Kickstarter, and what we're anticipating kind of being excited for over, like we've mentioned, the next few months to the next year, year and a half, as things come out. Yes. The other thing we do pledge to do is uh, if there would be any kind of spoilers in any, uh, any game that we're talking about, we will make sure that we put the spoilers kind of at the end of the episode and give lots of warnings before. And much like a parfait or an ogre or an onion, we'll do our best to layer those spoilers so that at the end of the episode, if there's something that's fairly lightweight, not a big spoiler, you'll have the chance to hear that. If there's some more significant spoilers, you'll have the chance to hear those before you bow out and we'll save any like big, serious uh, can't ever know unless you're willing to to like sign on the dotted line spoilers for the very end of an episode. That way you have the chance to leave when you're ready, but hang out for us as long as you want. Um, so you, uh, about us, introducing us um, as podcasters, we have a lot of experience doing it. We're happy to continue it. But as players of the board, ha- board game Gloomhaven, um, we're not tourists, I promise you. We, we put... Uh, Several hours. My, me and Wyatt more than Zach, but Zach is busier than us. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't want James to sell it. I think James has... If anyone who plays... I don't know. I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem. For anyone uh, out there, James has like an S rank in Gloomhaven. He's invested all the time possible to become an expert at Gloomhaven. I was along for the ride, and Zach was there sometimes too. We got this. <laughs> We're going to be S rank. So yeah, really quickly... Um, I guess just talk about, you know, what are the type of board games you like to play? What got you into this? Uh, I like, I'm Wyatt again. I like board games with miniatures and board games that are too complicated and too expensive. Uh, And so that made me uh, an immediate sucker for Gloomhaven. So when somebody told me I could get a game that was upwards of $100 to $130, I forget how limited it was and hard to find at the time, and that it came with lots of miniatures and hidden things, I think I paid for it before I realized that my hand had, like, left my pocket and my wallet was out. Um, and you know what, for all the thing that, all the stuff that Wyatt says about me being the most into Gloomhaven, he's the one who bought it and got me into it, alright, he created this monster, um, but actually, and I can probably say that about all the games we played, I feel like you were there, you might have been there, or friends of yours might have been there, I started I'm an out, enabler. I started out in college, I hadn't really played board games, started out in college with the gateway drug to board games, which is Setters of Catan, uh, moved into, like, Terra Mystica, and, and, um, uh, the Lords of Waterdeep, and then into Scythe, and then, and a Gaia project, and you know, why it got me into Gloomhaven, and and uh, you know here I am having a podcast about yeah, even it. off the Legend of a Drift system. You're killing me. Oh yeah, Zia. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a that game's not that great actually. Um, <laughs> I love it. How dare you? It. I know. So and what they what they didn't say is actually all monsters were created by Wyatt. So just know that <laughs> if there's any monsters, uh, he created them. Um, but yeah, I uh, so I grew up in a family that played a lot of cards um, and played a lot of card games, uh, played some board games, 
Um, I, uh, my wife always said, she's like, oh, I, uh, I always thought that I liked games and then I met your family and uh, you guys really like games. Zach's so, mom uh, is the best at cribbage. We have so much fun. She, she's, she's real good at card games. Uh, she doesn't really do well with board games, uh, but card games, she's a, she's a shark. And now that we've specifically complimented her, I hope you're listening, Zach's mom. I won't say your first name, but I hope I hope you ch- checked in. She'll, she'll never listen to this. <laughs> I mean, those are the games that I started out on. I didn't even know like board games were like outside of you know like Cranium and and Monopoly and and then the card games that I played like Up and Down the River, which is what I call it and Wyatt's family calls it. Oh hell, um, lots of fun. Um, but in all in all, we've uh, been playing games together for. Upwards of a decade, which is how long we've all known each other. I've known Zach probably about half that time. Um, No, longer than. Man, we're old. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel too. Um, So yeah, we've been playing games a long time. And so once upon a time, Gloomhaven came along and I said, I'm going to buy that. And then I immediately needed Partners in Crime to play the game because I'd read there was a long campaign. And so the first time I ever get into something, I find James and I convince him he should do it too. Because (laughs) if I enable him, his enthusiasm will get more people involved. So he's my first target to convert for any sales campaign. So I did successfully convert him and that got in Zach and that got in my roommate and some other friends of ours and led to us having a fairly thriving campaign for, I want to say, six to eight months probably. We played most of the content of the game in that time, sometimes twice a week because James is a monster. (laughs) No, like twice a week if uh, is being generous. I feel like <laughs> I remember. Hey, we're playing uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, and then also Saturday morning at eight a.m. And that eight a.m. game is going to go until dinner time, and then let's play Sunday afternoon. Okay. And the crazy thing is, Zach's only a little exaggerating because I think there was a solid six months where, like, yeah, I was a little bit depressed and it was good to have friends come over. But I was getting woken up at, I think, 7.45 to 8 a.m. every morning to unlock the door for James. I'd walk out. I'd say, go for it. He'd set up the, cat, the whatever the scenario was in Gloomhaven. Maybe he'd do a solo scenario while I went back to bed. And then around, like, 8.45, he'd get me up and be like, okay, buddy, it's time to start. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, Zach is exaggerating quite a bit. I don't think we ever eclipsed two times a week, maybe once where we played three. That, that, that's so not true. It's, we no, definitely did three on more than one occasion. This, well, I mean, I didn't force it on anybody, all right? <laughs> Consenting adults. <laughs> um, but, yes, there was several. White is not exaggerating about the, the 745 wake-ups. I mean, Gloomhaven takes a while, man. And, and, you know, Saturday mornings, you want to... You start early because then you get to play like two, at least two scenarios, and throughout the day before before lunch, not before dinner, Zach. <laughs> that that absolutely happened. This is some revisionist history. I just just very much remember. Wow, I can't believe it's dinner time. <laughs> Welcome to the Shelf Life Podcast, where we argue about how long our. Okay, well, if you've stuck with us for this long, uh, much appreciated, and we'll, we're finally going to get to talk about uh, the Frosthaven stuff. <laughs> All arguing aside about the, the history of how we play Gloomhaven, we're here now because we're very excited for Frosthaven. Maybe too excited. I know a couple, was it two, three months ago, four months ago, Isaac, the creator of Gloomhaven, uh, did a release at one of the big game conventions, and there was like an hour-long I guess press conference, but for a board game sequel at that. It's amazing that it has that. <laughs> and I mean, James and I were like, 
glued to the video, just messaging back and forth like, did you see? Did you hear? Oh my gosh, new stuff. <laughs> yeah, not only does this board game have spoiler warnings, but it also has press conferences. <laughs> um, so yeah, suffice to say, we were getting excited, and around that time, we said, all right, Zach, we should uh, keep our eye out for the whenever the Kickstarter starts. And wouldn't you know, it's happened. And so here we are. We finally get to be excited and know in much more detail what is uh, coming in this game. So if you if you didn't hear about it yet, if you ever played Gloomhaven, the sequel's called Frosthaven. Kickstarter went up this week. I think it started on April 1st or maybe March 31st. March 31st. And we're going to be... March 31st. We're going to be talking about that in this episode. Uh, now that we've gone through this very short introduction, we're excited <laughs> to tell you about Frosthaven and why it's got us excited. So wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing if... Uh, so crazy thing about this Kickstarter, it, it just made so much money in such little time and uh what if that was all an april fool's joke <laughs> <laughs> um i mean what if that was all when there wasn't a a one dollar pledge and and uh, on that note i want to um want to talk about the kickstarter in general like overall i think what's cool about the kickstarter itself um rather than you know dive into the game just yet i think the i think the um the one dollar pledge in light of you know the year of our Lord COVID-19 um, that we're currently experiencing that I think that was really cool, not just to allow the $1 pledge, but to give you the access to um, the pledge manager. So you could buy the game at a later date when, you know, funds aren't so tight. I think that was a plus move. I know that doing so doing like a, um, a little pledge that gets you access to purchase it later with the pledge manager or backer kit or anything like that. I know those are common, but usually it's not at the $1 tier. So hats off. Awesome. Um, if Wyatt didn't shell out everything to, to uh, back the, back it at its one of its highest tiers anyway, then I would definitely have, have partaken in that. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to give you guys all the opportunity. My roommates also said he's in to uh, help kick back for this one. <laughs> this, this makes two Gloomhaven uh, games I've bought. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this um, this Kickstarter is fantastic. As somebody that buys too many board games, uh, I also end up backing probably too many Kickstarters. And I often follow, pay attention to the campaign and how they change and how they do things. I've been fascinated from Scythe to um, Rising Sun to now Frosthaven, all these different versions of the campaigns and the incentives and one thing that i've seen quite a lot in the kickstarter world is you know an initial goal will say that maybe they want to raise you know somewhere in the million plus dollars but they'll say they want two hundred thousand dollars and then they'll have pre-planned 30 something stretch goals yeah with you know another fifty thousand dollars will unlock the next character and fifty thousand dollars will unlock the next sticker and fifty thousand dollars will unlock whatever and so it, it creates this system that you know where you it's gamified. It's fun. You're like all working together to spend your money to accomplish the next unlock. But also, it's a lie, right? <laughs> like functionally, they they've they've normally for a lot of folks they've already designed or made designs on the assets and where they want the, to expand the game. It's not like money's pouring in and they're like, oh my gosh, look at all this extra money that we didn't plan on getting. How could we spend it? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I really appreciate, especially for a project like Frosthaven, where it's not that 100% of it is currently designed, but the team making it needs to know what's going in the box ahead of time. So when they set a goal and they gave the chance for people to back it, there's no stretch goals as an incentive in this campaign. The, yeah. What you're buying is advertised from the get-go. Instead, they've got lots of fun other ways to keep you engaged. 
And so a couple of those that I'm so impressed by, for anyone who's not familiar, we'll probably discuss and mention, and even maybe you'll see videos from us in uh, Tabletop Simulator or TTS. It's a kind of cool tool. We use it on Steam. Let's us uh, play certain board games, not physically, which again, in the year of COVID is really nice. Um, but Tabletop Simulator, uh, they've actually built a module specifically for Frosthaven. And every day, beyond just the ability to play uh, scenarios and examples from Frosthaven, they're doing a, a daily scenario with some sort of puzzle. And I think that's one of the most cool engagement pieces I've ever seen from a Kickstarter, that there's a way to play, use the game, use the mechanics. This is probably only for people that are really diehard or like just can't wait to play more new, quote-unquote, Gloomhaven or Frosthaven stuff. But it's amazing to me that they're doing that and that that's there every day there's something for you as opposed to a stretch goal or some kind of artificial artificial uh, gate to get through. Yeah, and, and on that on that note, I will say that coming from Star Wars Destiny, it is great to be playing a game uh, that where you can actually say the words tabletop simulator uh, <laughs> uh, because a lot of True. developers just do not like it. And it's cool to see it supported and it's cool to see it to used as, as you said, a tool for engagement with its audience. I, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so the biggest thing that is different about Frosthaven, why it's even called it's Frosthaven and not Gloomhaven, is because it's taking place in an entirely different fictional city. Uh, Frosthaven is the to the north of Gloomhaven in the, the Gloomhaven universe, and it's cold, and it's a lot different, and it's probably the coolest thing about this game, um, because it just the relocation of the setting doesn't just mean you're in a different place doing the same things. You have to actually do different things in different ways, uh, which I think will make it make the game feel a less like Gloomhaven again, um, which is, you know, what I was worried about when I heard about, you know, Frosthaven, Gloomhaven sequel. You know, it's like, I'm all for more Gloomhaven, but couldn't we also kind of expand our horizons a little? And wouldn't we, what would we find? Oh, the wonders. And if you are unfamiliar, because you've only played a little bit, or again, kind of regardless of your familiarity level with the Gloomhaven and Frosthaven games, uh, for me, the most exciting thing about this means there's a new board or a new map. And so one of the most compelling, fun things for me in Gloomhaven, and I assume what will be true in Frosthaven as well, is you've got a map with very little that's shown and a ton of stickers. And <laughs> as you unlock things in the game, you get to place stickers which represent locations on the map that you can go to and scenarios you can play or buildings maybe. Um, and so... I'm so excited to put permanent stickers on this board and feel like if I make just the slightest wrong move, I've ruined the alignment forever. Honestly, that's like the most stressful part of this game is having <laughs> to place stickers. I think if I had one piece of feedback of like, or one thing that I could ask for, it would be don't make me place stickers. It's so scary. We're well, getting giant removable stickers this time. We're splurging. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you, you're in luck, friend. The removable stickers is, is the thing. <laughs> and uh, for a lot of these, uh, one more. Oh, man. Brief, uh, sorry, brief interaction with the with the Kickstarter again. I love that they're they're including add-ons for past Gloomhaven content. I think that's great. Um, that's true. So if, if you've never played Gloomhaven and somehow you found this podcast, I don't know how that happened, <laughs> uh, and you're like, this game sounds fun, but I don't want to play the sequel without playing the first one. You can actually back the sequel at that $1 level and then get any of the add-ons of which Gloomhaven 1 is available. And I think it's $100, which is like 30 or 40 bucks less than it normally would be MSRP. So it's a great time to buy Gloomhaven 1. I think they ship out all the stuff. P.S. We're not getting paid by this, but Isaac, if you hear this, we'll, we'll take a hit. Um, <laughs> and, and so uh, anyway, you can get add-ons, including the entire Gloomhaven 1 as part of this Kickstarter campaign. 
which is pretty awesome at a, at a really good rate. I've always been very impressed by how fair they are on their pricing of their own product. So, Zach, you were saying about you were saying earlier about the town before we started recording that it's probably the thing that's exciting you the most. Do you want to expand on that a little? Yeah. So, I think that just the fact that we are all working together to to build this town. That's something that's really cool. Um, I think just the fact that we're putting pulling our resources and working together, um, that's something that I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to see what they do with this town. Um, I know Gloomhaven kind of it had its uh, what was it the shrine where you're where you're doing um, basically donating to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is this is kind of weird. this is a weird comparison. It felt like a little. It felt like the like the cult track in Terra Mystica, where it's just something that you just donate your extra resources to without thinking about it too much because it, you know, will will give you, make make for a more prosperous part, uh, future for you. And it was fine, but it didn't feel as engaging. This being with the, with the mechanics of, oh, you have to invest in these, invest resources in these buildings so you can get more resources back from those buildings. And which type of building do you want to invest? Well, that depends on what resources you want and what resources you can get. I think it's a lot of little micro decisions that will have huge implications for the future. I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a fairly big economy change in Frosthaven. So in Gloomhaven, you were mercenaries and you got money and you spent money. And that was the majority of how interactions and you growing... Uh, occurred, it felt kind of like D&D or something, right? You have your character and you're experiencing your points and you're just trying to advance. And in this game, you're going to get resources as well as money, but because it's like the frigid north, money doesn't spend as well as just resources does in trading and helping out the town. So those resources will be good for your items and your gear and the town itself. And I think, Zach, that's part of what you were excited about, yeah? Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And I'm really excited... um, I feel like the legacy aspect of Frosthaven is just um, a little better done than in Gloomhaven. Mm. Um, And so if I'm thinking the town to me is just a really cool way for us to be pooling our resources together. Um, I know they've already said that as far as retiring characters and things like that, um, some of that may be uh, helping out build the town and and different things there. Oh yeah. But also um, the, the retiring of a character it, they're they're making it specific on what that character's quest is to make them all achievable. I think my biggest complaint about Gloomhaven was you drew a random card and uh, you could have something that you'd never get to retire your character for five years, whereas uh, another person could retire a character after one um, one adventure. I think that's preposterous. And just because I retired five people in the time it took you to do it once doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, that that was a thing. That was <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah, it, did, it does hinder the enjoyment a little bit because I mean, you these spoiler characters, you know, that are locked in these mysterious boxes, like they're kind of like Christmas presents, and you don't know if your name's on it until you finish it. So it's like, oh, you want to open those up when you retire a character, um, and then this was like why it got five presents and Zach got one. <laughs> It's true. And, and to that end, again, whether however familiar you are, uh, when you open up the box, Gloomhaven, and I assume Fresh Haven will be the same way, mm-hmm. is daunting. Because there are the things you get to interact with immediately, and then there's all these sealed boxes with just like an image on them. And 
there's like one box for your character deck and cards and one box that corresponds with a little mini but you don't get to open it and you're told like don't spoil it for yourself the game heavily encourages wait until you unlock this and so that's kind of part of where the spoiler culture came from in gloomhaven i'm sure it'll be the same in frosthaven but there's so much like allure and excitement and opening a box and having all these smaller boxes that you can't open yet until you earn it i wanted to say one thing about crafting oh yeah uh, I honestly, when I was listening to the video where they were talking about things and they, they start off with, there's going to be a crafting system. I actually just had flashback nightmares <laughs> to when I tried to play RuneScape for the very first time. <laughs> and, oh, uh, boy. my friend, my friend was just like, Hey, yeah, before you do anything, I need you to spend 12 hours mining and then smithing. And I was just like, yeah, nope, this game's dead. I hate this. <laughs> uh, and so I think that this is actually an elegant crafting system and, and fun. But I know when I first heard the words crafting system, I just was like, maybe I don't want to do this. Man, it is so weird for me because, like, I just, I look back at, at RuneScape with nothing but fondness for its shamelessly grindy system in everything. No matter what you want to do, you just have to grind. And man, did I grind. And man... I think I enjoyed it. <laughs> I spent all of two hours mining, and then I quit the game. Yeah, because, well, I mean, if you stand there, you're like, I, I've just been clicking this rock for two hours. <laughs> what kind yeah, of sense that, does that make? <laughs> that was a real thing, and uh, I just don't know why that, that was there. So I had nightmares uh, when I first heard crafting system, and I was just like, oh, no, what are they doing? Uh, but it does look like it's an elegant system that's going to be really fun. I mean, that is that is something to watch for is to see like how are they, how do they implement it? Will it feel like it's just more, uh, which is say less engaging and just kind of like you know put you to work, or will it feel you know actually different enough where you could still accomplish things um, and have a new flavor to it? So I don't know. Uh, and and to quit really quick, we do want to just say, if you're ever in Bellingham, Washington, which is where we're based out of, we have a local game store called Paradise Games. It's where I bought some of my Gloomhaven stuff, <laughs> and we love them. And so uh, support them if you're ever in the area. Okay, we're back. Great. Thanks, Wyatt, for just, you know, popping in and popping out so fast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke to an older podcast. We're self-referential. We have, we have depth and layers. We're like an ogre. Um, so... You could say that we have some characters on this podcast. Speaking of characters. <laughs> All right. Uh, I just lost half our audience with that, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the characters they introduce, they should all sound uh, familiar um, because, at least in their, you know, their species, uh, there's the Inix Drifter, the Quattro Blinkblade, the Human Banner Spear. Humans, you know, you might know what a human is. Uh, Valrath Deathwalker, the Acer necromancer and the harwer germinate geminate sorry not germinate i, Gemini, just think, I think it's, it's, a, it's a spoof on gemini i think oh uh, so so since we're gonna say what we're most excited for i really want to go first yeah uh as soon as i saw the inox drifter i thought oh my gosh i get to spend the next however long making references to rat race where they say oh look a drifter let's kill him <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's Zach's first class. And it actually, I don't, I don't know, Zach. Have you gotten? A, no. I don't think you've gotten a chance to look at the the cards for these. Uh, not not a whole. I've I've looked a little bit, and I don't think that's my first class. Oh. I want to say that about somebody else playing him. <laughs> okay. Oh, look, a drifter. <laughs> Excellent. 
Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, so one of my favorite things about Gloomhaven is the world uh, and how, again, for being a board game, you're not used to world building taking place in a game and not at the depth of the level that Gloomhaven did and now that the universe is expanding to with Frosthaven. And so seeing some of the same races from the previous games coming back but in very different ways with new classes is pretty thrilling to me. My only, I think, complaint here is as somebody who liked the Mind Thief and the, the Rat classes, speaking of Rat Race, from the uh, the last game, the I'm, I'm pretty sad not to have a Vermling available as a starting class, but this Harrower Geminate probably makes up for it. Yeah, I mean, of course, I actually like that they're giving us access to these different species at the start, Then you know, so it's not the same. I think Quattro and Inix were both, and Human were all starting classes, but I think Valrath, Acer, and Harrower were different but i also just realized that i shouldn't even confirm that these classes exist so <laughs> sorry guys um that's one of those light spoilers we talked about i am really lo- digging well here's the thing so i'm digging the concept of the valreth Deathwalker, the one that uh, creates those like shadow tokens and uses those shadow tokens to better her her cards uh it's kind of like a necromancer but different right a little bit yeah 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 but um i I've also looked at the starting cards. I was like, this seems difficult uh, to actually like pull off and get an engine going and start things without just like destroying yourself. But that's probably what uh, attracts it to me most that it could just fall completely on its face. I'm like, I want to do that. It's exactly like if you're listening from our destiny days, it's exactly like my deck building philosophy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm remembering how to play Gloomhaven as we do this. Cause to be frank, it's been a long time and I just realized we could totally call our commercial break short rest. Okay. What were you saying, Zach? Oh, that that's pretty cool. Um, (laughs) I am definitely most excited to play the Quattro blink blade. Um, Just that type of character is always the most fun, but that is absolutely what I want to play. I think the thing that I'm most excited for in all of Frosthaven, however, is whatever this random uh, robot that lives in the cold race is, uh, those sound so awesome, and I can't wait. Yeah, those sound super rad. And also, assuming that you contribute to the purchasing of Frosthaven, you probably can get first dibs on the Blink Blade. All right, I can be bought. (laughs) <laughs> or the, the other thing is um the other thing for me is the the necromancer because it introduces something that gloomhaven didn't have it's non-loss summons um summons were a controversial issue in gloomhaven i have uh, actually posted a guide um about how how best to use summons because i i think i am not alone but i'm one of the people who have said hey hey actually summons can be really good if you use them correctly and you know here's what you want to do of course there are some summons in gloomhaven that are unforgivably bad and like there's i I don't see how someone designed this card and thought yeah this could be good but not all summons are like that and you could definitely make it work but now this acer necromancer just sort of cuts out the middleman and is like hey we have summons that when they die they just go back into your into your deck you can get them right back with by resting um so that way you can just keep going and the necromancer is one of those but she uses her own uh, life, kind of like the kind of like one of the classes in in Gloomhaven, they use their own life as a resource, um, which is yeah really fun. Um, I'm so those are m- sort of my f- starting two that I would I would want to play one or the other. Can we talk about how the Banner Spear is probably going to be the best and most useful class, but we're probably all going to be like, eh, somebody else can play that. <laughs> uh, yeah, who wants to be a human? So. I mean, yeah, it seems like it's boring. One thing I do want to ask, 
Um, uh, kind of what I'm worried about is that, because I feel like Gloomhaven, you could get away with a lot of different party compositions, right? Um, because a lot of them were good and you didn't always need it. I, I wonder if with Frosthaven, with all these things they're introducing, with with the Bane um, condition, it's called Bane, right? Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, I, I wonder if every party comp is going to need a healer, um, which I don't love. And, the, like, the Necromancer has healing. She's, she can heal herself and others pretty well. Um, but I would I would love it if we if I wasn't, like... I, like, I don't want to feel like I'm playing, you know, Dota or League of Legends, where it's like, okay, we need, you know, we need to have, a, you know, X amount of supports and, you know, a carry and, you know... Um, I, I, I love the idea that you can just ha form a ragtag group of, uh, you know, whomevers and do your best and it could, it could work out pretty well. So, so I, I hear that and I think that's valid. One thing I'm like, concerned is the wrong word, but I'm curious about is Gloomhaven's first six classes in the original were pretty, I think, straightforward. You had a scoundrel, you had a lot of things that, that, that more or less fit tropes you were used to. And that gave you kind of a window into how do you want to play, but also learn some of the nuance and mechanics of this new game and this world, et cetera. Um, now, though, it feels like, you know, if I look, the, the the Drifter makes me think of like an Aragorn-esque character. The Blink Blade, okay, we got some sort of assassin. The Human Banner Spear, all right, maybe a Paladin-type character. And then it's like we have a Necromancer, we've got a Death Walker, and we've got this Geminate. I don't even know how to think about those. Those don't feel like baby's first class to learn how to play a game I, <laughs> and they make up half the available classes so i'm pretty interested at the complexity that it seems like this game is serving up right out the gate well it's funny you, you mentioned the the geminate i think if i recall correctly the geminate was originally a class that was designed for jaws of the lion which is supposed to be the you know the the big retailer friendly version of gloomhaven and it was deemed too complicated for it which it obviously i, I is. think that was the necromancer it was a necromancer Okay, yeah. I, I, I believe uh, it. But I think that the Geminate was a, originally a unlockable character. Oh, um, right. And they switched it with someone else, uh, which which is where people were like, wait, did this really complicated character just become a starter? <laughs> and it, it, it did, yeah. And so I, I agree with the complexity. It'll, it'll definitely be harder to like sit down your one of your uh, friends who doesn't play uh, board games very often. I, it was really hard for me not to say Normie. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> one of your friends doesn't play board <laughs> games very often and have a That's your one, games. James. <laughs> yeah, you, you use your one swear word. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, so it'll be hard to sit sit down a friend who doesn't play like hardcore board games very often and be like, yeah, play this class where you can only play certain amount of your cards. You only play some of your cards sometimes and the rest of them at other times that you decide. And sure, sure hope you don't mess that up and become exhausted because you can't play any of your cards. Yeah, I'm fascinated. So all that to say that, man, uh, the new characters look really fun. The new map looks really fun. The new mechanics seem exciting. Is there anything else that's worth kind of talking about just as we're focused here on the Kickstarter and, uh, you know, what we're excited about for this initial season of Frosthaven? I mean, I think I'm just most excited about the new races that they're adding in. Mm -hmm. um, there's the there's the Algox, which are fine. Um, but it's again, like the robots. How is that just fine? It's it's fine. It's no robot, okay? If there's the a playable Algox, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> there, there will be. There's absolutely. I'm so excited. I think so. Yeah, and there's there's two different uh, factions of them, and I think 
we're probably going to end up choosing a side and, and you get a character, I would say. Oh. One thing I think we didn't mention that I, I wanted to draw attention to and just talk about how cool I think it is, is the the system of time and how that go, leads into events um, where you do, uh, he explained it more in, in a blog post more recently in more detail, but um, I think it's like you do, like you come back to the town like 15 times or something and the, and the season advances to winter and like, you know, just like all the memes, like it's, it's worse in winter. Um, so the, I think like all the, all the road events and city events are bad. Um, <laughs> and certain, certain other things like interactions are promised to, to be a, li- a little bit more difficult. I, I love the idea of not always knowing what's around the corner um, and no, or, or knowing that, Hey, uh, it's going to get bad for a while. We better, you know, saddle up. I feel like they just wanted to dig in on the, on the game of Thrones people and be like, winter is coming. <laughs> Basically. They should have flipped it and said in frost Haven, winter is actually this wonderful time of year. And it's that <laughs> summer, those summer months. <laughs> yeah i don't um, know old is my kryptonite so it all makes sense to me oh my freaking brother married in fairbanks what a jerk i hope you're not listening <laughs> it's okay if zach's mom doesn't listen i'm pretty sure your brother doesn't listen wait do, do our families not listen at all our family doesn't love us oh man we've been lying or or those views only come from bots and then we're fine but i hope everyone here has loved us and will continue to love us um, because we're 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 here to stay. We're coming back. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. As I said, a lot of Gloomhaven and Fro- Gloomhaven adjacent content. You know, Frosthaven, Jaws of the Lion, etc. I think uh, one of the things I want to do for the next Frosthaven episode or one of the next Frosthaven episodes is to really dig into these uh, TTS uh, scenarios that they've released. Talk about some of these you know daily daily challenge puzzles. I think there's so much that we're going to get into, and we are going to get into you know, strategy for these factions that we talked about, these classes, not just, um, you know, not just the surface level stuff. We're really going to dig in. So yeah, we have a big schedule ahead of us and I'm excited to get into it. Um, but yeah, and if you're interested in this, keep listening. If you're interested in other games, uh, come back to us. Um, and yeah, we're going to be finishing out our Dice of Failure podcast under the Shelf Life brand. So uh, you'll hear us there too if you want to hear about a, a game that's dying. <laughs> And so, yeah, uh, if, if you found us through that, we'd love to hear from you, just like people have reached out to us through um, the Destiny podcast. If you heard this episode and thought, wow, you guys are, are fun and we want to hear more, you should tell us that. And if you checked in and you're like, this is the worst POS uh, podcast I've ever heard of, then, uh, you know, still tell us that, I guess. Uh, but we want to hear, we, d- we don't totally know what the community is here for, right? We were part of uh, a competitive card game community making a podcast for the last year and a half. And now we're looking at doing this for a broader audience and for new things. So if this uh, floats your boat, let us know. And if it sinks your ship, then also tell us and we'll see what we can do to uh, find the best fit with our interest and this new uh, community of both Frosthaven, but also the board game community at large. And you can contact us through, uh, you know, comments or reviews on our Podbean page, but we also do have an email set up at shelflifepodcasting at gmail.com. I know it's complicated, but every other Shelf Life variant was taken. So shelflifepodcasting at gmail.com. Send us us some feedback. Um, We'd love to hear it. We don't have a catchy uh, sign-off yet, so uh, we'll we'll see you on the shelf. (laughs) Hope your shelf life is long. I don't know. This, this episode has been top shelf.
Delph you later. <laughs> Wait, actually, I do like this episode. It's been top. No, it's bad. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> Hope you have a top shelf day. Boom. Cool.